0: college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me here today for another episode of College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor that you bless me with your half hour or so, they've been going a little long lately, of time. I know that your time is valuable. There are a million apps and bling dings and chimes going off in your life. There are... So many different ways you could be spending this time, and I really appreciate that you spend it with me. So let's discuss where we're at. We are nearing the end of 2019. If I've kept these in the correct order, and I feel like I'm referencing that a lot <laughs> over these last few episodes, then we are almost to 2020. 20. The brilliance of closing out a year is that you really have an opportunity to figure out where it is that you've gotten better and where it is that you would like to get yourself better. I'm going to be running some Facebook Lives here in the uh, closing up 2019 and moving into 2020, really talking a lot uh, to people about how they can organize their lives so that they can see massive growth and achievement entering into the new year. Another side benefit to switching into this new year is that we're actually moving into a new decade. And when you hear people talking about one year, three year, five year and 10 year plans, five and 10 years can just seem so far away that it's hard to even begin to know where you want to be in five years. You could say graduated college with my first great job in a loving relationship, maybe even want to have kids or a mortgage or have paid off some of your student loans. Who knows, right? To me, a five and a 10-year portion of the plan are really more about ideas about where I would like to be. You know, I've got a path for my career and you know, I know that I want to be making this certain amount of money. I want to have spoken at this many colleges. I want to have affected this many lives. I have these ideas out there, and you know, the objective is to get there. The journey that I'll take to get there, um, who knows what that's going to look like? So don't be so beholden on how you're going to get there as much as having the idea of getting there. If I were to say, I'm going to walk to the Santa Monica Pier. You know, as the crow flies, I think it's only seven miles. But as the roads maneuver us around, it can be like nine, ten, eleven, depending on what way you take. Therefore, I know I'm, my goal is to get to the pier. How that's going to look along the way, I have no idea. That's your life. You know, you want to get somewhere. You're just not necessarily sure about how you're going to do it. If you listened to last week's episode, then you learned about life's blueprint. Um, if you're looking for that in the archives. Pretty sure it's going to be episode 31, um, and it will be the one that came out on December 14th, 2019, somewhere right around there. And so you understand now how to organize your life. You've got three spheres career, self, relationship, and you've got your four components of each physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Those make up your 12 quadrants. So, what we're going to talk today about is identity behavior and feelings and really figuring out what it is your you want your identity to be as a human being identity shifts will shift behaviors they'll shift your results and ultimately shift your entire everything your entire life we have so many limiting beliefs and limitations that we put ourselves around that we we really are limiting ourselves in our lives because we're not using the right identity. And in order to have that identity that we so strive toward, we have to begin to know what it is within that identity that we need to start working on and becoming. You know, there is something to be said about out here in LA, at least a lot of people say, fake it till you make it, meaning take on that identity until you actually are that identity. And that's a great theory. It's putting it into practice that can be difficult. And there's also a certain, since, you know, if you're going to go on the moral, ethical, spiritual aspect of it, that you don't want to necessarily lie about who you are or what you've accomplished. Um, You're just... Because it's like, you know, don't fake it till you make it. So you, but you can't go around telling everybody that you starred in 10 movies when you've never even gotten up on stage and acted in a play, right? But you can take on that identity of somebody who is confident in uh, their acting skills to then go on and become successful in that endeavor for, uh, you know, that's the Hollywood me- mentality for you in college, you know, depending on what your background was, what your family's background was within the college sphere, you could be first, second, third, 10th generation to go to college. What identity do you take on that sees you reaching the successful life that you want? If you're basing your identity on the fact that no one in your family has ever graduated college and no one in your family has ever made more than six figures a year and therefore you won't either because that's, that's your roots and that's where you came from. You're limiting yourself and you're taking on the identity of other people in your family, of other people in your life, and that is not you. That is not the way it works. This is when you see these athletes, you see these people who've, who've reached stardom in the United States, and they uh, and they came from nothing, and they worked their ass off, and they, they achieved their dreams. These were people who took on an identity unlike that of. Their predecessors of their mom, their dad, of other people. Then you see these people who have perhaps had three or four different family members who've played in the NFL, and their mom was an Olympian, and, and their sister plays, a, plays volleyball at Stanford, and they have all of this stuff going on, right? And you're like, oh, well, they took on the identity of a successful athlete because they came from it. Other people go off and be, take on a successful identity as an athlete and have no background it's the mindset all right so when you think about your identity start with who or whom i'm not really sure about the english on that start with whom you aspire to be if you aspire to be an amazing veterinarian who cares for every animal that is placed in front of You and that you have empathy and sympathy and compassion for the animal and the owner, aspire to be that. Because once you've set down what you aspire to be, now you know where the pier is. Now you're like, okay, I'm going to make it to the Santa Monica Pier. I'm going to make it as the most emotionally comforting and amazingly medically gifted veterinarian of all time. The results have more to do with the identity shift because now you're living from an identity of what you aspire to be. If you aspire to be the best veterinarian and then you take on the identity of the best veterinarian, then your results will show more of that. See, I I love the idea of working backwards, starting at the end with the end in mind and working back to see where you need to go along the path. Um, I've always been really good at mazes. If I start at the end and then go back to the start, I did this as a kid. I have no idea why it works this way. Maybe there's a study about it. Maybe you've done this. I could probably Google it and find out. I don't want to <laughs> I just know that if you put a maze in front of me and I start at the end, I can get to the start without making one wrong turn, start at the start and I'm making tons of wrong turns, to get to the end. And maybe it's just, my brain's always worked that way i don't know so look at it like that if your goal is to be the best veterinarian ever and that's your end then what did you have to do to get to that point do you if you want to spe, are you specializing in a certain animal or are you doing general veterinarian Work, you know. Do do you need to know every single muscle and bone name in a dog, and a horse, and a pig, and a cow, or can you just focus on cow, right? Do you, then how much did you have to study to get there? How many extracurricular classes did you need to take? Did you also want to understand the moods and the emotions of the animals? So you had to take some classes in that. When you know where you want to end up, you can work backwards and start saying these are the things that the best veterinarian in all of time would do. These are the things that the best veterinarian would know, and these are the skills the best veterinarian would have. And this works with any job. You want to work backwards and start thinking, well, what are, what are the skills, the habits I need to have in place so that I am the most successful veterinarian of all time? And when I think about it within my career traje- trajectory, um, one, being able to speak <laughs> coherently on a microphone clearly is one of the ones that I find very important. Um, being comfortable on stage. So let's start at the end. I want to be an internationally renowned speaker and live coach and, and keynote addresser. And I want to be multiple uh, author with best-selling books underneath my uh, arms. These are the things I want. Okay, well, then this, what are the skills that I need to be acquiring in order to become Uh, a New York Times bestselling author in order to become a world-renowned speaker and life coach and general uplifting motivational person. I need to have um, confidence on stage. I need to have a, a diverse vocabulary. I need to have a diverse background in interpersonal communication with lots of people from different Race, religions, ethnicities, countries, etc. I need to have really good writing skills. Um, I definitely need to have the kind of communication style where lots of different people, no matter what their background, no matter what their communication style would be, means that they could connect with me. Right? I take on the identity of an international best-selling author and speaker and world-renowned motivational speaker, and. Then I can start working backwards and realizing what are the things I need to accumulate, in order to be able to firmly place myself within that identity. I'm already taking on the identity. See, most people base their behavior on how they feel, which then drives their sense of self. Right? Because right, most people start with their feeling. Right? Oh, I, f- I feel down today. So then your behavior is going to be that of someone who's sad, mopey, or depressed, and then you're going to tie your identity to it here, we're doing it the opposite way. We're taking our identity and then that allowing that to drive our behavior, which then drives our feelings. I've talked about this in other episodes. It's it's the motivation versus momentum, right? Like, you know, I, you know, it's like, well, I'll start that when I feel motivated, right? But then other people are like, well, I'll start it to feel motivated, right? It's like, how do you motivate yourself off the couch to go to the gym, Whereas a lot of people, other people would just say, well, I'll just get up, put on my workout clothes and get to the gym. That's momentum. And now when I'm at the gym and I start to work out, all of a sudden I'm going to feel motivated to work out and I'm going to really get into it. You really, really want to be one of those people who gets the momentum in order to get the motivation. If you're waiting to feel motivated to get the momentum, then you're one of those people who is allowing their feelings to dictate their behavior and then their identity. If you're a momentum person, then you take on the identity. That gives you the momentum of the world-class veterinarian, which which means you take on behaviors of that. You study really hard for all of your tests. Um, You volunteer at animal shelters so that you can get one-on-one experience with different kinds of animals. And that gives you the feelings um, that you're working towards something that you're getting better. Therefore you feel uplifted and you feel good. And that goes back and anchors into that identity. Act like you've been there. Act like you're already the world-class veterinarian. That's what it means in Hollywood when people say fake it till you make it. Right? You're taking on the identity of what you will become now because then you can start to behave that way and you can have the feelings. All your feelings can wrap around it. All right. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are absolutely right. This is, this is definitely a cliche saying you have heard before. Whether you think you can or you think you can, can't, you are right. If you want to go to a meeting on campus and you go in thinking, I'm not good at making friends, I don't make friends, people don't like me, Uh, then you'll take on that energy. You'll you'll take energy into something and people can feel it. They won't know why you, you turned them off. They won't know why they don't necessarily like you. They just will feel it. You've done this. You've felt it. There's certain people that are like, wow, their energy is just so charismatic and magnetic. I don't know what it is about them, but every time they're around me, I want to be more involved with what they're doing, what they're talking about. I want to be around that person. These are the people with this positive energy and this identity that they're grounded in. And even if somebody tells them that they're not going to be the best veterinarian and that there's other people out there striving to be the best thing, they don't they don't care they don't let it bother them now what is it in their background that allows them to feel this way to achieve like this right we all don't come from a really great background we had you know different kind of parent relationships maybe we were raised in a single single parent home perhaps we come from um less economically advantaged areas of of the country. Perhaps we were less economically advantaged person or family in a very economically privileged area. Whatever it is, you can overcome that if you're willing to put in the work. If you're willing to take on an identity that is not based on your past, but on the future. What if you can be the thing, right? What if you can be that person that you think you can be if you just stepped into that identity, if you want to be a leader, step into the identity of a leader, a leader is confident, they're charismatic, they're helpful, they, they actively listen, they understand that they don't know everything, that, they, that there's always, no matter what it is in front of them, they can learn from it. A wise man and a fool meet upon the path who learns more. The wise man, because the fool never listens. You see this with our politicians right now. You see this in the bad leaders, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. I have no doubt you can point to one of your leaders that, you've, that you believe in and then somebody on the opposing side and say, this is why I don't think that they're a good leader. If you can be objective, you can do that with Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Independent, whatever it is. If you can be objective, you can see pros and cons to all of them. And it's all about the identity they take on. If they're always out for themselves, they don't want to listen to anyone else, they're narcissistic, they think that they're always right, that's just a bad leader. Regardless of of what party they're in, that's a bad leader. I'm not going to ever follow someone like that because I want to know that they're working just as hard on themselves as I'm working on me. Because if they're not working that hard on themselves, then they're probably not working that hard at their job. They're probably not working that hard on other areas of their lives. And that, to me, isn't a great leader. It goes back to my saying that um, there are no heroes, there are heroic people in, hero- in moments that, cause f- that call for heroism, because anybody in this world who has been uh, pedestaled as a hero, if you were to dive into their lives, dive into their lives, you could find areas where they were not acting heroic. Right? They, they ignored their children. They yelled at them. They, they caused harm to some random person. Somewhere out there, there is something in their life that doesn't take on the virtues of a hero. But in that one particular moment, they acted heroically because deep down inside, that's the identity that they want. That's the identity that they crave. That's the identity that they have been working on when you see somebody acting heroic, it does mean that there is a a hero inside of them. It also means that there are some, some problems. It also means that there are some things that don't make them the best human on the planet. When we pedestal people in this society because we've given them this identity of hero or superstar, movie star, sports star, and then they let us down, they didn't really let us down. We let ourselves down by pedestaling a human who at our basic core were imperfect. You take on the identity and allow that to drive your behavior and your feelings, knowing that you're never going to be 100% perfect. There's going to be some area, some quadrant of your life that you could be working on better, that you could be putting more attention toward. When I say that there are no heroes, I am not taking anything away from a firefighter or a police officer or a military professional or a first responder or anybody, because all of those people do really, really stupendous, amazing things on a regular basis. But we, in our society, are not blind to the fact that there are some police officers who take advantage of their of their badge. Right? They might jump in front of a bullet to save somebody on the street. They might chase down a perpetrator who, who caused a crime and hurt people. And at the same time, they might have some core beliefs and values that aren't aligned with ours. They may have been raised by a racist family so that they have some of that inside of them. They might say some things when they think no one else is listening or recording them that when shown or, and listened to by the general public makes them seem like a bad person. Their identity is still that of someone who wants to do right. They just have some core um, faults like we all have. Just some of them are worse than others. I want you to take on an identity of the best veterinarian or the best scientist or the best journalist or the best whatever. And, And I want you to realize that no matter how much you strive for perfection in your life, it's not going to be achievable. There are going to be areas where you look upon yourself and think, I really could be working harder on that. When you see people who we've pedestaled in this society, and they they you know they're an amazing athlete, but then they do something, you know, like in the NFL and I guess in a lot of the sports, you domestic violence seems to be a, a constant problem, a constant area where, especially in the NFL, because that's I, I watch football more than I watch any other sport, there's a lot of issues with that. Now, is it any worse now than it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Are we just hearing more about it now? With the Me Too movement, you're seeing a lot of people who you've given an identity of superstar and hero and idol and icon all of a sudden come crashing back down to earth because deep down in the background where they thought no one was paying attention, they were doing things that were morally and ethically um, negative, not worth being pedestaled for, right? you're going to have areas of your life that may not necessarily be as bad as these me too people but it's important and i use them as a reference point so we can really dive into like the worst of it is that you just realize that there are going to be areas that you really want to be working on and if there are some skeletons in your closet that you that you hope to god that no one ever finds out about then work on those this country loves giving people second chances but it only wants to do it to those people who are, is who it contrition, who are very contrite about what they've done, and they apologize um, emphatically, and then they can begin to work on that. You see people like uh, Marion Jones, uh, she was a an Olympic athlete, Lance Armstrong, um, some of these, these people who've been involved in doping scandals, I have no doubt that these people would be much bigger in our society today if it turned out that in their height of it athletic achievement. They weren't cheating. But at the same time, they most of them, I can't say Lance's Lance's apologies could have been better, especially coming from someone who literally worshipped the ground this guy walked on. Um, you know, then you see Marion Jones, she was crying on television when she apologized. It's like people are willing to give them a second chance when they apologize. They may never get to be pedestaled like they had been previously, but they at least have the opportunity to still be in the public eye without people constantly dogging on them. And I'm a huge fan of somebody like Walter Payton. Um, he had the identity of, you know, a hard worker and dedicated to his craft and of a loving family man so much so that the NFL has named their best award after him. I think he is just one of the marvels of the NFL world. I absolutely love Walter Payton. At the same time, I once read a really awesome article on him being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it was in that article I found out that he had taken his mistress to Canton along with his entire family, including his wife at the time, and he was trying to juggle his mistress and his family and being inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time, and it really let me down. Because I had, I had given this guy an identity and put him on a pedestal as someone who was just perfect and he was hardworking and he had a charming smile and there was, he could do no wrong. And then I found out on one of the most important days of his career sphere um, and his self sphere and his relationship sphere, one of the most important days in his life, an accumulation of his entire life's work where he gets put into a, a hall where all the best at football get to go. And then he was actually there with his mistress, and you know, it's like, well, what kind of family man is that when he does that kind of thing? What kind of what, what kind of morals, ethics, and values was his self running on when he chose to do that? What 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 kind of how did he tarnish the his sport by doing that? Right. It was at this young age when I learned all this stuff that I realized that there are no such thing as heroes, but there are her, her, heroic deeds, and heroic moments, and heroic people who do amazing things. You have that identity in you. No matter what you think you can or cannot achieve, you're correct. You must tie your identity into your behavior and move that towards your feelings. Who? Choose your identity wisely. Have a strong sense of self that drives who you are. I give a lot of examples throughout this show because I'm really just trying to show you where my mentality of talking about this comes from. As we're wrapping up, what I really want you to understand is as you go back and you start to organize your life using the blueprint and you, and you look at your career self-relationship spheres and you look at your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual components, which make up your 12 quadrants, this becomes your identity. This becomes the foundation of your identity and you go to college, it is this amazing opportunity to step outside of your parent's shadow, to leave home, and to go to this amazing campus where, in general, every single person there is looking to uplift their life. It is in these formidable years that you start to build the foundation for your identity. Do not let other people put their uh, their limiting perspective, their limiting beliefs, their limiting ideas about what you can achieve based on what they've achieved onto you. Because people are going to do that. And let me repeat that. People will look at themselves and think that, well, I'm limited by this. And they'll have their limiting beliefs. They'll have their limiting mindset. And they will project that onto you because they will think that if they couldn't do it, why can you? I couldn't figure it out. What makes you think you can't? You see this in movies and TVs a lot where the parents are like, ah, you're you're this and you'll never be any more than this. That's them. That is not you. Whatever they have decided that their lot in life is, that's on them. They will choose to work on it and grow and become better, or they will not. That is not your problem. Your problem is your life. And it's not a problem, it's an adventure. Get on board with the damn awesome journey. Do not base your behavior on how you feel because that will drive your sense of self. Base your behavior on your identity. Take on the identity of being a a likable person. And eventually you will find the group of people that that agree with you. Uh, You know, I was a big-time nerd in high school. Uh, We moved a lot. I didn't have a ton of friends. So I'd always sit at the table with the kids who wanted to read books and magazines and play chess. I was fine identifying as a nerd because my parents wanted me to get good grades. The kids that I met at these nerdy tables were always super friendly. Most of us got bullied around the school, so we immediately latched onto one another as a friendly face and I liked having that identity as someone who worked hard and got good grades and could see their life going in the in the right direction. When I got to college, I was so much more focused on making friends and meeting girls and, and having a social life because I didn't enjoy that in middle school and in high school. And therefore, I immediately got into alcohol. I got into drugs. I got into these other things that weren't beneficial. I tied my identity To my likability amongst my peers, the amount of women I had around me, the kind of parties I was attending, the amount of drugs and alcohol I could consume and still wake up the next day, how hard I partied, I tied my identity to that. Therefore, it drove the behavior of an alcoholic and a drug addict and the feelings, if I had any emotions at all during this entire thing, whenever I was intoxicated, I felt like I was on top of the world and nothing could stop me now. But as soon as I sobered up and had to go to class and realized I wasn't prepared, I wasn't ready, I wasn't going in the right direction with my grades, my feelings immediately became of of depression and of sadness and of badness, and that just led me right back to the bottle or getting high again, and it became this loop I could not break out of. Because you're listening to a show like this, it tells me that you are are aware that you can grow and become better. You are looking for ways of of creating better successful habits. And one of the most important successful habits you can have is of tying your identity to the right things. Because the best identity is the one that will drive your behavior and create the feelings of positivity in your life. If you take on the identity of someone who is not going to achieve anything, who isn't worthy, your behavior will show that. You won't try as hard because you think, why should I try? I'm not worthy anyways. You'll have feelings of negativity and sadness and depression and jealousy when you see other people achieving things, and it will start to loop you back into bad habits, and you will find yourself attached to some kind of vice, alcohol, um, alcohol, drugs, porn, sex, gambling, some kind of vice that will not benefit you in the long run. Tie your identity to positivity. Get what it is you want yourself to become. Get that figured out. Run it through the life's blueprint and become committed to being that person. You're going to struggle with some sort of vice, some sort of addiction in your life. That's okay. Because we're humans and it seems like this entire society is built around vices and addictions. It can be shopping. It can be playing on your phone. It can just be closing yourself off from emotional vulnerability so that you never get close to anyone because heaven forbid they ever leave you. I'm speaking from my experience. You don't want to tie your identity to those things. Tie your identity to what it is you want to be and that will drive your behavior and that will create the positive feelings that we all crave. Don't limit yourself. Figure out what you want your identity to be and then achieve it. I promise you, if you follow that kind of mentality, it will work. Thank you so much once again for listening. There's a reason why this episode is Afterlife's Blueprint. Because as you start to organize your life into these 12 quadrants, think about the identity that you want to be. Think about the identity of the person you are striving for because you can take that on today. Think about the behavior of that identity. Think about the feelings that come from the behavior from taking on that identity and then wrap that right up into life's blueprint. And when you start working on these quadrants, you're working on building that identity even stronger within yourself and you will achieve it. It may not look like the way you thought it would, I can assure you my journalism career in no stretch of the imagination looks the way I thought it would back when I first came up with it in 1983. But I tell you what, I love the path that I'm on because I've been strong in my identity with my outcome, with my achievements, and with the person I know is inside of me. I'm feeling it. I'm living it. I'm being it. It, it. It makes my behavior back that up, and it gets the feelings on board as well. It's an amazing stuff. We're not done talking about this, but we are today. <laughs> As always, inclusivity over exclusivity. Make that one of your identi- identifying markers. Um, inclusivity over exclusivity. Uh, be kind to one another. Make that an identity and and be like, one of my favorites is I believe that if you have the power of positive energy and you release it, you will flow in life. It is one of my identity markers. I strongly suggest you try it on. It is amazing. As always, be awesome. We will talk again soon. Bye-bye.